This morning we are in Hebrews 11, 4 through 7, which is in your bulletin. This is the word of God. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain's. Through this, he received approval as righteous. God himself giving approval to his gifts. He died, but through his faith, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken so that he did not experience death, and he was not found because God had taken him. For it was attested before he was taken away that he had pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. For whoever would approach him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. By faith, Noah, warned by God about events as yet unseen, respected the warning and built an ark to save his household. By this, he condemned the world and became an heir to the righteousness that is in accordance with faith. We've come to the famous part of Hebrews where various people who exhibited faith in the Lord from scripture are mentioned by name. The call to live by faith from our writer leads to a collection of testimonies of devoted people from biblical history, highlighting those who believed in the Lord is designed to encourage the church to be faithful in whatever time or place where they read this. Imagine that for centuries the Holy Spirit has been speaking from these verses to bring hope. Here we read about Abel, Cain's brother, from whom we learn that our lives can speak even after we leave this earth. How true is that? We continue to think about people we love who made it to heaven before us. We think about the lessons they taught us and the concrete ways they modeled life in Christ. Most of them wouldn't think that they were that important at all, but their impact continues to reverberate for those of us who are left here. We thank God for their witness that helps us in our faith. In Abel's life, we learn that our hearts matter as we bring our offerings and that being righteous is a choice we make. We also learn that being close to God doesn't spare us from evil. In fact, sometimes it leads directly to it. We see here Enoch, the father of Methuselah, who teaches us that our active belief can bring surprising outcomes from the Lord. Only two people in the Bible never experienced death, Elijah and Enoch. We don't know much about Enoch except that he lived in holiness before the Lord for over 300 years. Think about that. Sometimes I wonder how I'm going to make it to 55, much less 80. <laughs> and life was not easier then. For over 300 years, Enoch continued to be faithful to the Lord. That is worth Hebrews 11, you guys. Noah is mentioned here as someone who obviously acted on some, something that had no basis in reality except for the Lord's word and who faced great opposition and condemnation from his neighbors because of it. And I was thinking how social media would have had a heyday with Noah, wouldn't they? Did you see that crazy guy in the ark? Watch the video. What is wrong with him? But Noah ignores the naysayers. It wouldn't have been easy, though. Sometimes we get bent out of shape if someone looks at us the wrong way. Imagine being asked to do this day after day. But Noah persevered. 
because God was his friend and he believed in the future that God had laid out before him. One key sentence here jumps out at us. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Have you thought much about that truth? Your faith pleases God. God loves you just because he made you. And before you do anything, he loves you. But your faith gives him more delight. He rejoices in your faith in him. Our author goes on to say two things about this kind of faith. The first is that anyone who comes to God has to believe that he exists. And we think, well, yeah. But this is more than head knowledge. It's putting faith into practice. It's the classic idea of putting a chair out and saying, I believe that chair exists. That is a very fine chair. It is a great chair. But it isn't until we sit in it that we actually say we believe in its capability to hold us. It's building the ark where there's not a cloud in the sky and rain is not in the forecast because you're confident in the word that God spoke to you. The other thing that our author says is God rewards those who seek him. We reject a gospel that teaches us that we will be prosperous for following Jesus. But God rewards those who put their faith in him. And that is consistent in scripture. Besides eternal benefits, there's the truth that our life goes well for us when we put our faith in God instead of trusting in our own way. Today we're going to hear from three regular people, like the regular people in this chapter, who are living out faith in Christ presently. We can read about people long gone and that serves as an inspiration, but it's a gift to hear from one another what faith in Christ means to us right now, today. So we've invited three people to come. Stephanie Williams, I'm going to invite her to come now. Joe Huerta and Mary Ellen Brown, and they're just going to come up one after another. They're going to tell you a little bit about themselves first, kind of what they do and who they are and all that kind of stuff, and uh, just share a little bit about what God has put on their heart about faith. Hi, guys. <laughs> Long time no see. Um, so I'm Stephanie Williams. Uh, I teach preschool special ed out in Goleta. And yes, I've been teaching for a long time. <laughs> it feels like this year never ended. Um, I have been at this church for over 10 years now. And this is my first time back since the pandemic started. So, woo! <laughs> All right. When Pastor Colleen asked me to share about faith, I immediately said yes. Faith had been popping up a lot and it seemed like, yeah, this is what I should do. Then I freaked out, remembered I don't like public speaking. <laughs> yes, I'm a teacher, but that's different. And what the freakazoids do I know about faith? This is my MO, trust me, ask my therapist. But then I read Hebrews 11 and realized faith is in my blood. I am the great, great granddaughter of a phenomenal woman who was born enslaved. My great grandfather was run out of Waycross, Georgia by the Ku Klux Klan at the age of 26 in 1924. He had to leave behind a wife who was pregnant with their second child. Why did he have to leave? He and his brother started a handyman business that got a little too successful. My grandmother packed up her two young daughters and left everything she knew in Detroit, Michigan. 
She followed her siblings to Los Angeles. My great uncle always tells me that if they kept driving up the freeway, I probably would have been born in Santa Barbara. <laughs> my grandmother had dreams of being an actress. Although she had the talent, things never worked out. However, there is an episode of Sanford and Stones that my sister and I are looking for. So if you see it, let me know. Um, she taught me a lot about counting my blessings. And she always just knew that everything would work out. My mother had faith to carry a pregnancy to term despite growing health issues and being separated from her husband. Surprise, surprise, that child was me. Taking us to church, encouraging our interest, she mostly raised me and my sister by herself. She even let us go away to college, even though then she did not know that we would not come back. Even though we don't have the best relationship, she taught me a lot about faith. Then there's me. It's a miracle I made it to adulthood. I was hospitalized twice as a child, had walking pneumonia at 13, started having fainting episodes at 17. I have been told I look great on the outside, but am a hot mess on the inside. Thank you, Carrie Sabota. <laughs> you guys know her. Physical health aside, I was suicidal at 16 or 17. Honestly, I forget how old I was now. I had a vision of my childhood pastor telling me Jesus was not ready for me. Direct words was Jesus ain't ready for me. The night that I decided to take my life. As an adult, I found myself struggling to figure out what the hey my purpose is. <laughs> oh, and those fainting spells, they got worse. And don't forget about the time my stomach forgot how to pump. <laughs> It's kind of an essential thing. I am very familiar with ERs and urgent cares. I have learned that my body is a very intricate system that cannot be starved or allowed to become dehydrated. God also gifted me with this awesome neurodivergent mind that literally forgets to eat and drink for hours on end. I swear it is by God's intervention that I am a functioning adult. My friends can tell you so. Every day is a reminder of how good my life is how blessed I am that I can afford my medications that I have to keep on me at all times, that I can see a doctor, my therapist, any specialist I may need, that I have a community that cares for me and shows up at the ER when needed. I have realized that my life is a testament to some amazing faith. Thanks for letting me share some of it. Uh, my name is Joe Huerta. Uh, my wife is Carol. I, I own an automotive machine shop, and I've been doing it for uh, uh, 45, 46 years. Um, it's ironic that Pastor Colleen asked me to give a short testimony. Uh, today is my 50th anniversary. That's when I decided to say yes. <laughs> First question is, uh, why do you have faith? As a young kid, I went to a church every Sunday, my brother and I. We just walked across the street and went to church. Uh, I really didn't know what it was not to be a Christian. Uh, 
when I started elementary school, I started Pillar of Fire Elementary School, another Christian, me and my brother, another Christian school. Uh, when I graduated from there, I went to uh, uh, Los Angeles Pacific High School, um, which is now um, Pacific Azusa. Uh, our Bible class held there at Herman Free Methodist Church was a, a, a Mr. P a pastor Rayleigh, whom coincidentally is the same pastor who brought Pastor Denny to Santa Barbara. Basically, I was raised with faith in Jesus and developed my values and made me who I am today. Uh, in my life with God, worked working everything that he had, bad or good, uh, having a family that I never in my mind but thought differently, uh, but circum different circumstances, we were blessed with an amazing son, Tony. Soon after, Tommy. Uh, a horrible fire at our house turned into a blessing when it gave us more room for our family. My son, Tommy, was burnt seriously at nine years old um, in all the places in our jacuzzi. Um, I prayed to God and asked him if he would only end up with a few scars. I would give up some of my certain habits, which I did. The situation drew me closer to God and on my knees. Though many people have stood by me and cared for us. Uh, I asked him again later on when I was diagnosed with a brain tumor, the Ginharts, the Wurtzes, the Guterreses, the Escobars. I admire and care and can't name them all. Uh, watching the actions of my peers and how they, their lives live has strengthened my faith. Uh, Pastor Denny has been by my side through all of my bad and my good in my adult life. Also, Carol, she's been a great part of my life. And in the uh, sanctuary, when I saw the priest and the parishioner, go into a room, and a light went on over the door. I asked Mom about it, and she said the person and the priest were praying about some concerns. I looked at Mom and asked, do I need to go to the priest, or can I just go straight to God? Mom assured me I could take anything and everything straight to God. Mom shared <clears throat> her prayer life with us. She prayed with us and for us. I watched her as she prayed in church, and I joined with her in prayer when she had a group come to the house during her chemo treatments. Mom died when I was nine. About a week after her funeral, one of the kids in my Sunday school class told me, my mom says that your mom is in purgatory because she has to wait to see if she can get into heaven. I didn't believe that for one second. 
I let her know that my mom wasn't waiting for anyone and that she was with God right now. I knew that everything important to me was seen and heard and held by God, especially my mom and definitely me. I've enjoyed a faith in God since a child and experienced growth and change over time. I'm thankful to have had the opportunity to ask questions about my faith and know that it's a different experience for each one. To be so young and have my mom welcome this conversation gave me hope to know that I could and will continue to learn and grow in my faith. After mom's death, I had a lot of time on my own in the different families and situations I grew up. I did the best I could with what I had. I'm thankful for my faith in God as it sustained me then and it's so life-giving day in and day out. Being known, seen, cherished, and loved by God is a tender gift. Along with remembering the story about mom, I wrote this poem. Oh, little one, come to me. I'll bend down and take a knee. I love the way you look at me. Tenderness and childlike faith, wanting to know that I'm here to embrace you in my loving arms. Your heart so full of love, eyes filled with wonder and dreams of adventures unknown. Arms spread, open wide, knowing I'm right here to hold you closely through it all. Even when you can't see or hear, know that I'm near, just here, surrounding you with my love. All of us have something to say about faith in the Lord. Thank you, Stephanie and Joe and Mary Ellen. And I encourage all of you at some point today or this week to share a bit of why you have faith with someone in your life. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, we thank you. We thank you, God, for how testimonies about faith encourage us and inspire us and help us to examine who we are in you. Helps us to know you more, the vastness of your kingdom, the depth of your love, the bounty, God, of your community. We understand that each person who gave testimony today has had challenges and heartbreaks and scary times. And yet, Lord, we're able to put our faith in you because of how faithful you are to us. And when we think about our lives, we see you time after time after time. Oh, Lord, protect us, not just from the enemy, but protect us, God, from laziness in our walk with you. Protect us from cynicism, God. Protect us from being too much influenced by those around us who say that you are not real or good. 
Help us continue meeting together as the author of Hebrews has encouraged so that we might continue, God, to find faith in you until we see you again face to face. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you would like to learn more about the Free Methodist Church of Santa Barbara, you can visit us online at fmcsb.org. We pray this message has been a blessing to you.